Welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Today we're going to be taking a look at uh, The Studio, the infamous book that compiles the artwork of Jeffrey Catherine Jones, Michael Kaluta, Barry Windsor Smith, and Bernie Wrightson. Uh, a very famous book. Thanks to Scott Strong for sending it our way. But uh, we want to let you guys know that if you're going to Heroes Con in North Carolina, stop by uh, the Cartoonist Cafe booth. Me and Jimmy are going to be there. We'll bring in all of our uh, bibliographies there pretty much, man. So if you don't have something, you can fill in the gaps in your collection. Also, we want to promote Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July. It's going to be the last Saturday in July, and we're encouraging everybody to take uh, your duplicate copies of comics and the artists and writers out there to take your comp copies of your comics that are collecting dust a little bit and uh, spread them around town, Johnny Appleseed style, man. Put them in the free little lending libraries in your neighbor neighborhood and adjacent neighborhoods and uh, tag us in the images, man, when you put those comics into... Uh, those free little lending libraries, man. We, we had a big kick doing that last year, and it's something that we're going to promote and do every single uh, year from here on out. Without further ado, big shouts to Scott Strong. Ask not what Cartoonist Kayfabe can do for you. Ask what you can do for Cartoonist Kayfabe, and Scott Strong has probably supplied us with $10,000 worth of books so Very far. generous to the Kayfabe uh, effort. For sure. This came in right before we we split for our travels, and I was very excited to uh, put this book under the microscope, man. The Studio, infamous book. This is a book that's referenced by the subsequent generations of comic book makers as being a very important book for them. Uh, they, Everybody who bought this book held on to it. So to find a copy, it's going to cost you a lot. I'm not sure I've ever seen a copy before this one. And I've never seen a copy in the wild ever, not even as like a wall book or anything. Like this came out 78, 79. We'll take a look in a second. But uh, the people who got it fucking wanted it and have never let it go. Yeah. And a couple of things before we open it. Record size, yeah. album size. That makes sense to me. I'm sure that's, you know, kind of a hip, cool decision by a bunch of people who are exploring art you know like stepping away from that grind of like production of comics to do this and you know that cover i look at that first thing i think dave mckean yeah that 3d elements they're photographed and stuff so you see like production is one of the things that stands out to me on this if you're thinking of what is the influence and legacy of this in comics now you see man there's no u.s price tag on this book comes from a place called dragon's dream publisher uk 5.95 pounds the studio was a physical space where these four creators made some of the most influential bleeding edge work of 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 their day this episode is brought to you by the cartoonist kayfabe patreon three different levels will give you access to our videos before anyone else sees them to give you a leg up on the kayfabe effect and at the king kayfaber level you actually sit in on our recording sessions this episode is also brought to you by the books that we make. You see our bibliography in front of you right now. In addition to all of these books, Ed Piscor's Red Room Crypto Killers, the new season of Red Room is now out. Issue one is available now. Issue two cover here. There are also a clip of variant covers by Ed, Peach Momoko, me, and many other great artists. 
the other big book that Ed is releasing later this year, Hip Hop Family Tree, The Omnibus, collecting all of the Hip Hop Family Tree strips in one handsome 500 plus page volume, including over 100 pages of new material. That'll be out in time for the holidays. Got to pre-order it now so Fanographics knows how many to print. There's also an omnibus collection of X-Men Grand Design coming out later this year. Again, pre-order that one today. Let them know how many you need because some of the X-Men Grand Design three volumes are out of print. So get that one big handsome collected volume. My next big book later this summer, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty from Image Comics. This is available for pre-order now. Collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive. Also available and back in print from Image Comics. You can also pick up my Hulk Grand Design with the fluorescent green cover. You cannot miss it. As well as Plain Janes, the first young adult graphic novel. And now back to our program. When you have your introduction, love it, right? It says a lot about what this is. What this is. You know, this is... Uh, again, artists that are just trying to stretch, to grow. They're looking at different influences and they're thinking outside of that monthly grind, deadline driven kind of box. Yeah. And it is printed. This is a monograph. You know, this is one of the, you know, comics first monographs, basically. And it creates that space, you know, in a pre social media world. Uh, each of these creators is weaving their own kayfabe tales of, yes. uh, of, uh, you know, autobiography. Absolutely. And I love this layout too. Like you got to flip one of them. It's got to be different. One of them has to be different in this right. layout, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> there's pretension here. You know, I think it's aiming for that. I have, I have some thoughts here. Like, so, so this is, you know, this is Anon, um, JS as being the introductory writer. I think it's Jim Steranko. Interesting. Um, it's a lot of hyperbole, hyperbole about these guys. It's it's kind of a, a Jim Steranko kind of vibe, and in those super graphics art catalogs that we looked at, uh, we you know we played the game. Let's spend two thousand dollars. There's a third volume that we haven't played the game with, and it does have work represented from each of these creators. So uh, the JS I'm thinking is Steranko, and I think he's such a alpha type that he can't even like let his name be seen when he's giving props to somebody else. He does a ton of this kind of intro stuff. I think that that's an underappreciated part of his legacy is how much he really championed comics and cartoonists as artists. Yeah. And especially the people who were really pushing that envelope and striving for it. Look at these individuals, man. They look like Leonard Skinner, except, except uh, Bernie Wrightson really does look like Peter Cushing from the Hammer um, <laughs> Frankenstein uh, movies like it's That's like it's, it's like he's wearing his outfit from that he references or something in the in the Frankenstein book. So, uh, dude, lines of demarcation or some tape down them down you know two hemispheres to give each creator a box. Uh, with the, you know, I need these pictures by the way to be much full, bigger full two page spread for each of these pictures. Yeah, imagine being able to look at the the studio setup in microscopic detail where we could be looking at their their tools and Absolutely. what they're actually using there. Absolutely, man. Uh, just like the kayfabe behind the Marvel bullpen, uh, where there really wasn't one or anything like that. Yes, these guys had the studio, but that doesn't mean that they're all in there at the same time. In fact, from pretty much each of them, they're like, I can't work around other people. Like, we got this studio, we got this space, and then we realized, like, we don't like to work around others. So some dudes show up super late at night, some guys come in early... Some guys don't, uh, don't use it much at all. It's more storage. But that's what we have, man. 
uh, off the bat, we're going to look at Catherine uh, Jones at this point. Uh, rest in peace. I would have guessed um, Barry Windsor Smith just from the samples here. Sure. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a Venn diagram uh, that they all exist within. Uh, and and it, what is it? It's the, it's the post-Pre-Raphaelites uh, or something. Like That's kind of like the main kind of similarity uh, amongst them all. And I would see these artists as they would sort of transition back into the comics field. Yeah. You'd see them in like an Eclipse anthology or, right. you know, maybe heavy a heavy metal. metal. Yeah, exactly. And you would kind of see the lessons they're picking up then being applied. Like, how do you now fold this back into comics? Uh, we know that that uh, Catherine Jones transitioned, was formerly Je Jeffrey Jones. And uh, with that in mind, when you read what she has to say uh and you see the artwork saying stuff like i've been needing to make full-size paintings of these women and stuff like that i think some of these are, are uh self-portraits you know just wasn't talking about that stuff at the time man but like look at these pieces you know having the studio afforded these creators the ability to to make giant canvases and i think that uh that Catherine Jones probably uh, utilized that space the, the 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 best when it came to the big paintings for Zeta vibes, right? Big time. And they're working out of New York, right? That's the yes. location for the studio. I remember talking when we talked to Bill Sienkiewicz a couple years ago at Heroes Con, and I was interested in like what the New York art scene vibe is like putting into his, you know, influencing him at the time. And it's got to be the same way. Like if you're a hungry artist and you're surrounded by visual art everywhere, it's going to kind of seep into your your subconscious and conscious and that's probably part of what this pull is to like let me get some oil out and spread it around the canvas a little bit we've seen several versions of like the sketch and then the, the final piece like what it what it grows into uh this would be a popular piece that you would see in uh heavy metal you know one pagers that's the thing with all of these creators you don't get much comics maybe maybe you got the most comics from barry windsor smith over his career but um the language of these creators i do think that it is uh it's pretty dated um and with what we know about them uh you know they all come back to comics they're all cartoonists but but they're speaking in hyperbolic language um it's probably necessary at that time like i you know it's a, but it's very similar to the eisnerian right. conversation where they're speaking above their weight class uh you know i showed this book to fine artists and uh, and they laughed at the pulp of it, you know? But I was I, gonna say that pulp and fantasy is kind of what you see as a, as a trade. And we've talked about this with any of the cartoonists who seem to break down a barrier to push the frontier edge a little bit further. They often are then in this area that they're not equipped to do much with it. Right. And you kind of see limitations of genre, really. Yeah. How hard is that, dude? Them big moose antlers or whatever? It's super cool looking. You can imagine like a Mike Mignola or something. You know, I, I think that subsequent generations, you can see how the influence would be here. Absolutely. Where it's almost like indulge some of the stuff that you like and are interested in. But again, how does that fold into then comics? And yeah. as those genre barriers are broken down, it allows you to do something like a Hellboy, where you're folding in your interest in folklore and mythology, but still within a context of that hero kind of myth. We're up to Kaluta now. A lot of design stuff heavy heavy with him. Yeah, the very Art Deco uh piece like that and you know they he probably leans the most into you know fandom and stuff like this this all looks like it could have been pulp illustrations i was gonna say paperback cover all, all of the thing is like with the language that they speak 
this highfalutin kind of like fine artist talk, but everything is illustration. Even though there's oil paint applied, it's just, it, it's illustration. Yeah, the language is, has long been like its own version of a gatekeeper. Yeah. And I think that that's broken down a lot in the last 20 years too, where you can speak more clearly about what you're doing right. and it doesn't have to be filtered through a certain lexicon. But it is, it, you kind of have to have these steps in order to get there. You do, you do. Uh, it does make me wonder, like, like this book comes out, like, what's the, what's the hope? Is it just, uh, you know, that some, some fan recognized that these guys had a studio and, and ma made this thing happen? Like, like, I don't know, but it absolutely has a major influence on, on comics and, and the next generations of creators. You know, you mentioned Mignola. I can imagine that he has a studio book. Jeff Darrow absolutely has uh, this book. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear insights from, from the guys that were around whenever this would have come out. Look at that, man, kind of a Windsor McKay vibe. Yeah, that's a great illustration. He looks like he uses a lot of material too, man, like some watercolor there, but then we've seen some oil paint. I think that's probably a piece that may have skipped a generation or two, but now we're back in that age where, like, you see it again. Like, we can use anything. Yeah. Busy, busy compositions from Kaluta, man. A lot going on. Yeah, this is wild. Like, mixing in those bees are so different than the rest of that illustration. Down to the font on choice for the studio. Like, doesn't this artwork feel very dated in, in a period of time? Like, they, like, they, you know consider themselves kind of like pre-Raphaelite or at least influenced by that. But it is very 70s. Yeah. Very psychedelic. Right. Wow, that's cool. Reminds me of Guy Davis's uh, marquee. It feels like it could have been a pulp cover, like back in the 30s. Yeah, I'm trying stuff. to think of when he did those Shadow DC comics, because that was in the 70s. I wonder if it was like concurrent Kaluta. with that stuff. Yeah, yeah Kaluta, yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. he's like working through ideas and then, you know, we, we get to the comics part, but some of that stuff is fascinating within that context, because that stuff was very... Uh, would have loved to have seen that on the cover of a DC comic in 1976. <laughs> Look at the ornate detail here. Frazetta comes to mind. You know, guys like uh, Wrightson and Kaluta, their, their signature is from Frazetta, but also Hal Foster. Yeah, there's EC stuff in there in terms of the detail. And I don't know if they would even talk about what they were looking at on that side of, like, the lowbrow spectrum. No, like, like this is very much positioned as a fine art but monograph. But I'm sure that that stuff is still floating around with them. Oh, Maybe it's issues impossible. in Metal Orlant. Yeah. You know, yeah. who knows what. Impossible not to. Somebody I mean, goes to Europe and comes back with some BD. These are these are comic book, you know, illustrations. I feel like Frazetta did that Blazing Combat cover. That's <laughs> like very like much that. like yeah. that. Yeah. Barry Windsor Smith, of course, uh, you know, somebody we've looked at quite a bit here on Cartoonist Kayfabe. What's funny is he has the, the most bloviated hyperbolic language and his stuff is the most comic bookish looking too. <laughs> right? Like this. It is. And you would see it come back into his work like that Conian treasury size has that cover that's could be one of these illustrations. Yeah, it's just King Cole, really. Man, and how far you can push the pen and ink on something like this. Like those blades of grass. Oh man, all the ornamental stuff just... Yeah, they're great drawings. I wonder about the size of this stuff. This is stuff that was in some of those Stranko catalogs too. Yeah. Yeah, the originals he was selling for, you know, a thousand bucks. Look at this, dude. Perspective and, and depth <laughs> depth on the blades. I like seeing like the pencil studies too. It's nice that they include some of that here and in a nice reproduction. Like usually when you'd see pencil studies as a kid, it would be like blown out like 
bitmap, you know, just hard black and white rather than all the subtleties of an actual pencil sketch. But you see, it's all it's all pulp characters too, you know. But but his language in this it really is the most kind of far out. Like he's Talk a, about a signature ca- capital A artist. The signature. Yeah, that old. Take me like an hour to draw that. (laughs) (laughs) People must have gone sick over his stuff though at this time, because if you loved his Conan and then you see this stuff rolling out of his pen, it's it's the next step of what he was doing whenever he leaves Conan. They, I, there is a lot of obfuscation in their language here because they talk about the success of Gorblimey Press and things but like in later years he was talking like how none of that stuff made any real money or anything like that look that looks like that monster yeah it does I feel like Mike Mignola alluded to that when he was talking about doing cover art and uh these guys as much as they were celebrated it's not like it was bringing in money right I love this water it's captivating I could sit here and stare at it all day the little white beads on top good water is so impressive I love that illustration. Scott Strong has, has supplied us with lots of Barry Windsor Smith work, man. And uh, he's supplied us with lots of Gorblimey prints that we, we've done videos on that. Yeah, he probably, Barry Windsor Smith, would have been one of those like last guys that was really out of like mail exchange fandom. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it becomes more mainstream and magazines and things. But like he would have been one of those guys like looking at this stuff. You can just imagine people mail ordering those portfolios and really following him and i don't know how it all shook out but the portfolio game becomes a thing when the shanus brothers kind of get in the mix and uh you know there will be a mike plug portfolio or a gene day portfolio that was a viable business uh you know you draw five six you know rigorous drawings put it on good paper you could sell it for 10x the price of a comic and probably you know you don't need to sell that many right to uh to make the same as you would in the comic book game just getting page rates no royalties all of that yeah and that's a funny um crowd that buys that you know because they value art right (laughs) (laughs) pretty wild stuff man like i I, i've not seen very much of his like full kind of oil painting yeah i wonder how much he did because it's time consuming it's expensive and you know i don't know how long this period lasted for all of these everybody and now we got uh, Bernie Wrightson, man. He's he's the cleanup hitter. Look at this stuff. I wonder what this looks like, too, like how all of this ages. Because I saw a picture. It was an Alex Toth piece from Hot Wheels that somebody has on Comics Art Fan. And they have, like, this is the print version. Yeah. And this is the original art. And it's markers and stuff. And it's, like, it's so faded and discolored. And I wonder about some of the materials that you see in this book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some all the paints should, the point of paint is to be archival. Hopefully. But uh, I don't know that there's not color pencil and some markers and stuff being used here. Yeah, see, he's in Hollywood now. Production sketch for proposed Hollywood movie. Uh, Wrightson uh, did the uh, design work in Ghostbusters. Like, you know, the dozer, the dogs and shit. Like, you could could feel the Wrightson in them. I also think of various artists that are sort of, could almost fit in here, like a Charles Vess. You know, I think there's probably a generation of cartoonists that come after this that are just, this is their favorite stuff. Absolutely. They're the people that uh, were inspired by It's by permission. This. You know, like yeah. when you see a superstar artist doing this, it's permission to like bust out the paint, bust yeah. out the watercolors, the mixed media, you know, the super line heavy work. Interesting thing is I don't think that uh, Frankenstein is out at this point. I think you're right. You know, he's still working on it. And, and perhaps not all of these illustrations are in 
the uh, finished uh, Frankenstein book. Somebody sent us a book, the, like the last pages of Frankenstein. Like I, I have that pulled to the side as like a future video for us to do. Yeah, there was supposed to be an artist edition of that at, at one point. So who knows? Maybe someday that'll surface. I wonder what his, like how they're blocking out motivation and time to do this stuff also. Yeah. You know, because if you don't have, when, when Wrightson starts those Frankenstein illustrations, they're so elaborate. Yeah. Like I wonder if from the beginning he was like, I can do a collection of these. I could do a portfolio. I could do a book. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely handled it like a pro in as much as I need to do the designs for Ghostbusters to earn myself three weeks to work on this Frankenstein illustration. It took him like seven years or something to like get 30 drawings done. That was a giant. I got that book when I was about 16 and it was just... It was hard for me to look at like the image cross-hatching dudes after that yeah, sure. and just be like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here and look at this Frankenstein it, yeah, line it art. It just makes sense. One of the things I always look at Wrightson is like, he knows how that hand is connected to those wrists, man. Like he, does, he doesn't fake that stuff. There's a cartoon language for hands the way, same way there is for like facial expressions. I admire these guys that, that, that are able to do the hands this is so his, much. This is his collaboration with Von Bode. Oh, that makes sense. That looks right. Such an interesting tandem. And and it's an illustration that, uh, you know, we, we were looking at uh, Gothic Blimp Works with Warren Bernard and, and Tom. There were some people who were like, who, what, what? And then uh, there was Kaluta, like, pages in there. And uh, I was like, yeah, that makes sense, you know, because, you know, Michelle Brand was Roger Brand's partner. Yeah, it's a smaller all world, partying. I think, than, uh, than we realize now. Because there's a couple of those indie books that are published by, like, I want to say Marie Severin, but I don't think it was her, but it was some it was Marvel flow. Flo Steinberg. Yeah, yeah big, big, the big Apple comics. The weirdest marriage, you know, because it's like some some indie artist and then like a Marvel employee. Did, did we do a video on Big Apple comics? I don't know if we did or not. I know it was here and we showed it for something. Yeah, it may have been a mail, might have come in in the mail or something like that, but definitely something worth looking at just because it's that odd bedfellows of like, they're all comics and yeah. they're in New York. and Oh, this is real cool, sure. man. We're seeing yeah, this like is a lot of, lot of process. This is the stuff that's so valuable. And I bet at the time, how often would you get to see this? Right. Because again, like reproduction just wasn't a thing, you know, like it's funny. Like I think of early image, one of their biggest things is digital coloring and, and high production values in a weird way. That's a major takeaway for me looking at this book. Yeah. Yeah. You need this kind of, you know, clay paper. Look at his outfit, man. Like these guys are affected. <laughs> these dudes yeah. are affected motherfuckers, man. That's amazing though. All those dinosaur illustrations are so sweet. They all had these skeletons. I forget what his name was. Mr. Something. It's not Mr. Bones. Mr. Sh Mr. Shaky. So something like that, man. But it's like this one specific uh, skeleton that like all artists would have in their studio. Little bibliography where you would see these works, man. And uh, there that's it another is. thing that's evolved. Like, how do you describe this stuff? You know, like if you were to do this book now, you probably get dimensions yeah. under each piece. Uh, you know, just more detail on the work itself. Which, which is funny because you would get that in real monographs with fi with fine artists. Like, why? Like, it's it's a little bit lazy on on our part. And to be fair, like there are still comic books, like art books that come out now that still don't have that info. It's and it's true. like at this point, it's unforgivable. Like we know <laughs> you include that, so. What a book, man. Many thanks to Scott for sending this in. Like, I'm thrilled to actually get a chance to look through this. Yes, man. And and, and the great benefit is that we get to show it off on the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Uh, if you're good to go, Jimmy, I'm good to go. Yes. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so we can notify you when new vids are available. 
uh, we have a Patreon, and at the Patreon, King Kayfabers get these get access to these vids before anybody else. Uh, this book was Kayfabe affected way before cartoonist Kayfabe, man. So good luck getting your copies. But it's the King Kayfabers who are able to buy their copies the cheapest, even though that cheapness might be three hundred dollars on on the the aftermarket. Uh, Jimmy and I are going to be at Heroes Con uh, the, in a couple of weeks, uh, North Carolina, man. Come stop. Stop by, say hi. Let me see you wear rocking those uh, cartoonist kayfabe shirts. And uh, the last Saturday in July is cartoonist kayfabe comic book Christmas in July. That's where we're going to be uh, disseminating comics across our our neighborhoods and cities. Uh, go to those free little lending libraries uh, around town. There are uh, resources that you could look up to uh, find where the nearest ones are, and dump some comics into those things, man. People are going to come by. They're going to see some attractive illustrations. They're going to pick up a comic, maybe for the first time ever. So it's it's an action item that we can perform to try to increase readership. But the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Jimmy, tell the people what you got out there. Street Angel, Princess of Poverty is my next book from Image Comics. It collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Deadly Scroll Live. Street Angel, Deadly Scroll Live is back in print from Image Comics. That collects all of my newest Street Angel comics, some of my favorite stuff. Hulk Grand Design, the Treasury Edition is now available. You can't miss it if your store has a copy. It's fluorescent green. You can see it from outside the store probably. Grab that while supplies last, along with The Plain Janes, the first young adult graphic novel. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can see my latest comics being serialized every week. Big year 2023 for the cartoonist cafe creators. Time for the holiday season. X-Men, I mean, the yeah. Hip-Hop Family Tree Omnibus is going to see the light of day in October. It collects the four volumes of Hip-Hop Family Tree plus 140 pages of additional material, including lots of artwork that I drew specifically for this volume. Also for the holidays, the long out-of-print X-Men Grand Design is going to be collected into a trade paperback. All three volumes of X-Men Grand Design. They're calling it the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy. Nice 250 page or so. Uh, trade paperback collecting all of my X-Men Grand Design comics and the task at hand the comics that are coming out right now is Red Room Crypto Killers issue one came out in May uh, issue two is forthcoming as of the recording of this video murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics each issue is completely self-contained tells a full story you see an issue in the wild scoop it up give it a shot you dig it try another there are two trade paperbacks of Red Room out there right now the anti-social network and trigger warnings what else do we have going on, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist KFAB newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist KFAB t-shirts, merchandise, hats, stickers, mugs, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All great ways to support the Cartoonist KFAB channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way. Make more comics.